You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Going to end the week with a little scouting report for the 49ers' second round. We talked a lot about Trey Lance, and I'm going to talk a little bit about him for a second at the beginning because there's a great quote from Kyle Shanahan about a potential quarterback competition there for the starter in 2021. But let's move on to the second rounder, Aaron Banks. A little scouting report on Aaron Banks, what kind of player he is and how he fits in with the 49ers. Watching some Ambry Thomas on the side. Going to get that going next week. We'll talk a lot about the running backs, Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, there's also a rookie mini camp that started today, Friday. We do have some play-by-play for what uh, what Trey Lance did and how many passes he completed versus air. You know, seven on seven stuff. So um, that that's that's always fun. Breaking down his delivery, throwing the ball in warmups. Love it. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that. A great quote from Kyle Shanahan on his rookie quarterback competing for a starting job. Hear from some of the rookies, Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, Alfredo Gutierrez from the International Player Pathway Program, one of the latest 49ers that's out there at rookie minicamp, Talanoa Hufanga, Elijah Mitchell, Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore. So we'll try to get some quotes from all of those guys at rookie minicamp this week, plus the scouting report for 49ers second round guard Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you should find me and ask me questions if you'd like to get involved with the show and get your question or topic on this podcast and I'm trying to get to the mailbag just about every episode throughout the offseason here as we roll through the offseason program now that begins this weekend with rookie minicamp. Just saw this one. This is funny. And as relayed by Dieter Kurtenbach, I've not heard the interview yet, but apparently the Michael Irvin podcast, Kyle Shanahan was on there and talked about Trey Lance potentially competing and winning the starting quarterback job. And Shanahan said, quote, there's a chance for that at every single position. So there definitely is for Trey. I'm not going to give Florio some headline that he makes an annoying statement out of, but hell yeah, there is. So... Taking a shot simultaneously at Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk while also saying that his rookie quarterback, drafted number three overall, has an opportunity to win a starting quarterback job. And of course he does. You traded that much to go up and get a guy that high. Those quarterbacks tend to play. And so obviously the 49ers are in somewhat of a unique position, but this guy's super talented. And if he's ready to play, he's going to play. And that's what Kyle Shanahan said after he drafted him. When he's ready, he won't hesitate to put him in there. So yeah, if I mean, if you drafted this guy and he proves that you think he can go out there and win games just as well as Jimmy Garoppolo can in your offense, then play the rookie. Absolutely. You don't want to throw him in there before he's ready, though. Uh, did a good job at rookie minicamp day one by most reports. I think it was 20 of 24 is what I saw with him on, in seven-on-seven seven drills. He did throw an interception, according to Chris Biederman, on a pass that was intended for undrafted rookie Austin Watkins, it was picked off by Diamador Lenore, I believe, the rookie out of Oregon that we'll hear from a little bit later. Uh, 19 of 24, I'm sorry, this is from Matt Mayoko. So there's there's been some debate amongst beat writers, and I did see a few clips of these, that there was a ball that may or may not have hit the ground. Sounds like Mayoko thinks it hit the ground. He has 19 of 20. Nick Wagner of ESPN 
says 20 of 24. So 19 of 24, 20 of 24 passing. Obviously, I'm kind of saying this with a smile because we can't take anything from this kind of stuff at rookie minicamp. Obviously, he's getting his first passes into some of his teammates here in a practice setting, but it comes out of his hands quickly, swiftly. He's got an arm. We obviously know his talent, so it'll be fun to watch him progress. And any other notes from rookie minicamp, we'll cover those on Monday, but I wanted to throw that out there because it's fun, and I knew I, I, that was, I was just waiting for that. And training camp's going to be crazy, seeing, the, the, seeing what the stats are are from practice and it's one of my favorite things that happens every year especially when there's some kind of a quarterback competition happening and you can bet every single thing Trey Lance does on the practice field will be scrutinized by media and fans and really rightfully so this is this is the the way the world works the way the NFL works when there's a high profile player and someone that uh, is drafted that high in the NFL draft that a team trades up to get when you already have a pretty high high profile quarterback on the roster. So it's going to be fun. Lance and Garoppolo and Sudfeld and Josh Rosen too, right? That's the, they're going to be a part of this thing. They're fighting for the number two or number three jobs with the 49ers in training camp. Let's talk rookies. Let's actually not talk. Let's listen to the rookies and we'll start with Trey Lance. Talked about learning the new 49ers playbook and getting to know some of his new teammates. He was working out with Brandon Ayuk and Richie James the last couple of weeks. The playbook was, was I mean, fun. I've, I've been looking forward to, to learning a new playbook, and obviously it's an NFL playbook, so it's going to be a lot. Uh, but for me, I mean, I've been waiting to learn a new playbook for the last, you know, seven, eight months. Uh, so it was a ton of fun to, to, to finally be able to get into it. Uh, and me and Brandon, yeah, got to work together down in Orange County a little bit last week. Uh, and it was cool just getting to meet my teammates. You know, it's been one thing that I've been looking forward to, like I said, for the last six, seven months. Uh, so it was awesome to be able to, to get a little bit of work in with him and get to know him a little bit. Lance was asked if he raced Brandon Ayuk and which one of them was faster. He said he did not race against his new teammate. I have a feeling Brandon Ayuk would would definitely toast Trey Lance. They lined up and ran against each other, even as athletic as the young rookie quarterback is. What about meeting his other teammates, specifically his quarterbacks? Jimmy Garoppolo, who famously texted him right after he was drafted, and the other quarterbacks in the quarterback room. Yeah, I got to meet him uh, over the last couple of days, which is awesome. Him and, and the rest of the quarterbacks in the room, uh, and they're awesome. They're just awesome personalities, awesome guys to hang around, and obviously great football players. Uh, so I'm just thankful that, that these guys are the guys that they are. Um, and Yeah, Jimmy actually said that in his first text to me, just it's going to be awesome to have another FCS guy in the room. Um, so he's another guy that's obviously been in, in a similar position to me, um, having been you know where I am. So just looking forward to learning as much as I can from him and, and like I said, all the rest of the guys in the room. Not only did Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance both play at that level, also both Walter Payton Award winners for the FCS Offensive Players of the Year. I wonder if Jerry Rice won the Walter Payton Award or if it was not called the Walter Payton Award yet. There's also the Jerry Rice Award, and I wonder if Trey Lance won that as a redshirt freshman for the FCS Freshman of the Year. These are some of the questions I have that I am not going to go Dive in and research right now, so I'll leave it up to you if you are interested and want to let me know, at BD Peacock on Twitter. A couple of quotes from Aaron Banks during the rookie press conference as they all prepared for their mini camp this weekend, and I'll play those clips when I talk about Aaron Banks in the third segment here. Let's move on to the third round selection, running back Trey Sermon out of Ohio State and his first impressions of 49ers quarterback Trey Lance. They worked out a little bit together in Florida pre-draft. 
He's a good dude, and, and I know he's a hard worker. I mean, uh, again, just from training with him back in Pensacola at Exos, I mean, I've I seen from then how hard he works. And, I mean, he's just trying to be the best he can be. And when I got that call, I mean, I, I was excited. I was like, I mean, I, I was training with this guy back in Florida, and now we're going to be on the same team. So, I mean, it, it was definitely a good feeling. Talks a little bit about Trey Sermon immediately following the draft. Going to do a deeper dive and watch some more of him and give my full scouting report on Sermon and what I like and what I don't like about his game. There is a lot to like about Trey Sermon, his personality. It was really fun seeing all these rookies' personality and and hearing them talk for some of them the first time. I'd never heard most of these guys really speak to the media or, or get any sort of uh, indication about what kind of personality they had. And I think it was fun to learn some of that for the first time and, and get to know these guys, not only just as football players, but as human beings and as people. But there are some similarities. He graded out really well. Trey Sermon did at Ohio State. They do a lot of wide zone, outside zone running game stuff that the 49ers do. So Trey Sermon talked about those similarities to his college playbooks at Oklahoma and Ohio State. I mean, it, that it hasn't been too difficult. I mean, uh, just making the transition. I mean, uh, some of the stuff is similar to what I did at Ohio State. So, I mean, uh, I feel like my acclimation will be, I mean, pretty smooth and it'll be good. I have to imagine it's a lot easier for rookies to grasp a playbook when they just have to hear the play and know what it is and try to translate, you know, the verbiage of what their college scheme was versus what the pro scheme, especially if it's something similar like, uh, you know, a zone style run game versus being a rookie quarterback and needing to spit out that play and relay the information of the play to the rest of your teammates in the huddle. I have to imagine that is a much more difficult task for a rookie. And not only is the run game similar at Ohio State to the 49ers, but he actually watched 49ers tape when he transferred to Ohio State to help him learn that zone run game. Um, Yes, when I was... um making that transition to Ohio State. I mean, I'm just looking at a lot of outside zone. The 49ers were definitely one of the teams that, that I looked at. And, I mean, uh, really just going through the, the progressions and, and the reads because I, I knew when I got to Ohio State we were going to run a lot of that. And, and I mean, uh, just seeing that this was one of the teams that ran it just as much too, I mean, I, I definitely looked at it as well. So Trey Sermon, no stranger to the outside zone run game and no stranger to learning a new playbook. Did it multiple times in college. He gets to do it again now in the pros. It didn't seem like most of these rookies were too daunted about the new playbooks. Maybe they haven't gotten the full weight of it laid on them quite yet. So maybe that's why, but we'll find out how quickly they do acclimate because there's definitely a role for Trey Sermon and for Aaron Banks. Dude's probably expected to walk in and be a starter at right guard week one. Let's continue to get to know some of the 49ers 2021 rookie class. One of my favorites was Alfredo Gutierrez from the International Player Pathway uh, from Mexico. Offensive tackle 6'9", 330. Has a great personality. We'll hear from him coming up along with Hufanga, Mitchell, Thomas, and Lenore. And of course, Aaron Banks along with his scouting report. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket 
with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We've seen how the draft could change some things for teams. Uh, what about looking at the schedule? How do those win totals look now? Are you a little bit more bullish on your favorite team? You can put some money on it at betonline.ag. NFL futures, props. There's Tim Tebow props already up at betonline.ag. Of course, UFC, MMA, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. Get the latest news, odds, and all the info for your sporting needs, get in the action at betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports. Also, table games, you've got reality TV, uh, tons of things to bet on at BetOnline. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs in the NBA. Head over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Didn't really know anything about Alfredo Gutierrez of the International Player Pathway. Dude is 6'9", 330 pounds, apparently ran, and I, this is, I'm skeptical here, a 4.65, 40-yard dash. One thing that's clear, though, I like this guy's personality. Definitely rooting for Alfredo Gutierrez, see if he can stick with the 49ers, maybe even on the practice squad. Odds are long. The, the international players haven't had a great track record of sticking with teams, but I love this program, and it would be really cool to see one of these guys stick. And uh, the odds are long, but obviously a lot to work with. <laughs> Six foot nine. This guy's huge. Alfredo Gutierrez talked about the process for him and if he knew he was going to end up on the 49ers. Well, in, in the international player pathway, they, they, they do the job really well. They don't tell us nothing till the last day because they want to make us, we are concentrated 100% of, of getting better or le learning the football and, and be as good as uh, any other player in the coming up draft, which was this draft. So we prepare 100%, and, and at the end, we, we uh, well, I have the call from the 49ers, and I'm glad that the, the things w went like that. Gutierrez talked about how he was uh, playing soccer. He was a big kid playing soccer growing up. Maybe that's where he got some of his footwork and then uh, outgrew that sport obviously very quickly played a couple years of high school ball in San Diego ended up back in Monterey Mexico and now back in San Francisco but uh, about that playing soccer part this this one cracked me up well from being Mexican you know you play soccer that's your first sport right and I was the, the, the fat little boy that was goalie and defender but now uh, during my 12 to 15 I started like growing up fast and I knew I could play football, so I started playing football in, in Tijuana. 
Then when I moved to San Diego, the coaches told me that uh, if I put uh, the, the amount of weight and then the amount of hours in the gym, I could, I could possibly have a D1 scholarship. So I started liking more football and then so on. So uh, I think since then, uh, I thought football was uh, going to be a good possibility possibility to, to play in the professional league. Good luck to Alfredo Gutierrez. We'll see if he can make the practice squad very unlikely to make the roster out of camp. The 49ers' final draft selection, Elijah Mitchell, running back out of Louisiana Lafayette, lost a bunch of weight and obviously in workouts trying to run as fast as he can and did, ran in the four threes, dropped from 218 pounds, though, to just over 200 pounds. And he was asked where he's most comfortable weight-wise and where he thinks he'll play in the NFL and how it changed his style of play. I was about 201 at Pro Day, but uh, uh, just to, like the meal prep for me, uh, training in McKinney, Texas, it really helped me out to uh, get lean and faster. But uh, I'm uh, working to uh, build my weight up to about 208, 210, where I can still have that power and strength. A lot is usually made about the connection of running backs coach Bobby Turner and any late round or undrafted free agent running backs for the 49ers. And uh, it was a similar story with Elijah Mitchell and Kyle Shanahan talking about how Bobby Turner was blowing up his phone in the pre-draft process. Mitchell talked a little bit about working with Coach Turner. Uh, yeah, Coach uh, Coach Bobby, he he uh, coached a lot of undrafted free agents. So, uh, like I say, for you to undraft, the, I mean, coach undrafted free agents, uh, like I say, Coach Bobby, he knows what he's talking about. And like we grew a relationship uh, over the process by uh, him just saying, like, I'm going to coach you hard. And he asked me if I had a problem with that. And I told him, no, sir. And uh, we just got along. And he knew what I was coming, uh, what I wanted to do when I come in or whatever. And uh, that's to work hard and be coached by one of the greatest coaches in, uh, in the NFL. So I'm excited to work with him. And I'm glad he's my coach. Yeah, man. Elijah Mitchell, I like that pick. The way I've seen him run over guys in college and then run away from guys at other times and seen him run, you know, even if it was a 4-4 flat after you add a few ticks for some pro day goofiness here in this COVID offseason. I don't know if I trust a lot of those 4-3s. Way too many people ran 4-3s, but the dude is fast. So uh, one cut, get downhill, can make big plays, and can run with some power. 208 pounds sounds about right. I like that for Elijah Mitchell with the 49ers. I guess it's no surprise that the defensive backs talked, well, I should say the cornerbacks talked a lot. Uh, Strong safety, Talanoa Hufanga, not quite as chatty as Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore were. Let's hear from Hufanga first, who was flattered that someone like John Lynch, who was a Hall of Famer at his position, saw something in him. Surreal to hear something like that. You know, I I can't compare myself to him because he's arguably one of the best to, you know, be in the business to do, you know, play safety and stuff. So um, when you got, when you got shoes to feel like that, you just try to make the most in your own way. Uh, but he's one of those, like you say, Hall of Famers. So, uh, you know, I, I got to give him his respect and his honor because that's, that's unbelievable. So hopefully I can, can make my mark and, and do whatever I can to help the team out, whether it's on the field, off the field. Uh, but uh, I'm just blessed just to be in this and I, and I really, really appreciate it. Hufanga's a really grounded dude. He sounds smart. Sounds like he knows exactly what he needs to do to try to make an NFL roster, and that's going to start with special teams. So looking forward to watching him play, and I think he his play style will uh, allow him to be a pretty darn good special teams player, even if he doesn't become, say, a starting strong safety in the league. 
Let's go to Ambry Thomas. And maybe the best part of all the press conferences so far from the rookies was the look on Ambry Thomas's face when he talked about the price tag and the cost of living in the Bay Area. Great answer about earning enough money, though, to afford it. So he's not too worried. Immediately, immediately, once um, I got the phone call, was happy, excited, and I thought about everything. I'm like, California, the tax, the taxes, and I started thinking about all that, the cost of living. I'm like, hey, it's kind of expensive, very expensive. But, um, yeah, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, honestly. I skip the cost of living and all that right now. I feel like my play will take care of my pockets, put it like that. The confidence in both these corners and seeing now a few clips and – and seeing some of the rookie mini camp, we'll talk more about those rookie mini camps and, and all the reports and all the video that hopefully we will get from those. So talk about that stuff on Monday. But yeah, definitely those two corners, Thomas and Lenore, coming in with some confidence. I like it. It's very important for playing that position at a high level. A really tough go for a while for Thomas in college, dealing with colitis and just getting back in time for the 2019 season, basically going from the hospital almost to the field within the span of a month or so at Michigan. Just looking back on it, I feel like it was one of my greater points in my college career because it really turned on just my dog mentality even more. And it just like lit something up inside of me even more. Um, just being in that hospital all those days and just feel myself deteriorating as days go by while other people were getting better that were healthy, um, it wasn't uh, making me mad, but I was still in some type of way. And um, I just knew once I got back right that I had to do whatever, whatever by any means to get back on that field and make plays. And um, yeah, um, it, was, it, was a, it was a low point for me, but I, I, looking back on it, I think it made me very strong like today, like, and I'm grateful for that adversity. I got back to Michigan. Um, I got released from the hospital about end of, end of July. And Michigan started allowing me to back in facilities and back working out like August 15th. So um, I started working out immediately. Then once the hospital released me, I was already working out with my parents and my, my family. But Michigan allowed me to start back working out with those guys uh, like around August 15th. So I worked out for a week straight, lift weights, stuff like that, ran, tried to get back in shape. And um, game week, that was my first week practicing. And I suited up and I played and I made plays. So um that just shows what, what type of person I am. Um, and I just don't try to not let anything knock me. Like, um, what you see is what you get with me, I feel like. And he plays like that. Some scrappiness to his game. Said he could play inside or outside in the 49ers defense. Has all the speed and necessary skills to do both of those things. I tend to think that they are going to use Thomas Moore on the outside. And the next guy, Demo, Diamador Lenore is how you pronounce his name. Confirmed by him in this press conference. We'll hear from Demo really quick next, Aaron Banks, and then a little Aaron Banks scouting report as I've watched him more over the course of the last week and a half. Raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter, just some of the flavors you can find at BuiltBar.com, a high-protein, low-sugar, low-calorie snack you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bar's they're the best-tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy, too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited-edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams 
of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So is Diamador Lenore. That's how you say it. Uh, and it's been screwed up so many times I can't even count. <laughs> so everybody just go call me by, uh, I'll just go by Demo. But if you're able to get it, then cheers to you. A little extra for Demo talking about his brother and said his extra special being drafted by the 49ers because his late brother, who was shot standing outside of a donut shop in L.A., was in the, quote, wrong place at the wrong time, he said, was a big 49ers fan. So he said it says really cool. He's got tattoos of his brother on his chest and his arm says it's really cool to be drafted by the 49ers because of that. I'm not sure how he became a Niner fan, but uh, just knowing him, he used to always talk about the 49ers. And then, like, for them to draft me, it was just it was just a special moment because, you know, he left his earth being a Niner fan and then, just me being able to play for the Niners is just, a, is just an honor. If I had to guess, I would say that Demo plays inside a little more, if not exclusively, while Ambry Thomas plays outside a little more. But I think they could both do both, and I think they both agree with me. Lenore definitely says he can play inside or outside. Uh, I'm I'm the type of player that's wherever a coach needs me. So, but it's. The playbook is actually similar to what we ran in Oregon, so it's just like second nature, just different verbiage. All right, let's finish this podcast up with all Aaron Banks, the Bay Area native, Alameda. Easier transition for him, having grown up in the Bay Area, went away to college at Notre Dame, but he was having his draft party right down the road and was able to just scoot on down to Santa Clara to have his practice this weekend. Um, it's definitely made the transition um, very easy. I didn't have to travel very far um, after the draft. I like just came down the road, so uh, it was really nice. And I actually haven't gotten too many questions about um, life in the Bay Area yet. Um, we actually haven't been together, really. Uh, we've been a little bit separate, the rookie class, just because of COVID protocols. So. so Banks will have an opportunity to show his new teammates the ropes and let them know what the Bay Area is all about. And it's funny, Banks is another one, like, I think reporters were asking the question, expecting someone to be like, oh, man, this playbook's crazy. And none of the prospects seem too worried about picking up the playbook. That's why I wonder if they haven't gotten the full amount of Kyle Shanahan's playbook, especially the offensive playbook. But maybe it's just, yeah, not that big of a deal. Um, So we had a pretty big playbook um, at Notre Dame. Um, You know, I I think that they did a great job of preparing us um, for the playbooks to this caliber. Um, So I don't think that, you know, anything that has been given to me has been anything that I've looked at and thought, man, like that's too much. I'm going to have a hard time learning that. Aaron Banks might not have a hard time learning the playbook. And he was, you know, a senior in college and, and playing at a high level and was a very consistent player at Notre Dame. One thing he might have some problems with in the NFL is speed and and quickness. But. He's an interior player. He's got offensive linemen to his left. He's got offensive linemen to his right. So there's not a lot of places for defensive tackles to go. But if he is going to have problems with a style of defensive tackle, I worry that that style is Aaron Donald, who just happens to be the best in the league at that position. 
and just happens to play for the Rams, who Aaron Banks is going to play against twice per year. Let's get into the strengths, the weaknesses. What kind of a player is Aaron Banks? What can we expect him to be as a 49er? And I talked about the consistency. I think that's really important. And I think that's probably where the 49ers saw Aaron Banks, saw his body of work, that he didn't miss games, that he didn't get beat for sacks, and and loved that consistency. And yes, he is very consistent. And I think he's a player who should be able to walk in and win the starting right guard job for the 49ers. It's one of the few starting jobs that's actually open. And I think that's why the 49ers decided to draft a guard in the second round. They moved down a few spots. They ended up taking him at number 48 overall. So top 50 player, I don't know if I see still a top 50 player. I didn't when they made the pick, and I'm still not sure if he's quite there, especially with some other players that were on the board. But yeah, second, third round range, I think is probably where Aaron Banks belonged. And the reason I say that is I think he's got a high floor, but he doesn't have the highest of ceilings. He's he's a really big player, but that doesn't mean the 49ers are necessarily going to change the scheme they're running on offense. I think he graded out really well when you look at the PFF numbers as a zone blocker and didn't grade out that great as a, you know, a gap scheme player. So I don't think the 49ers are going to change what they're doing. I don't think that's why they drafted him. I think they drafted him because they wanted someone who could come in and compete as a starter. It was one of the few spots they had open was at right guard, and they want a stinking pocket, right? They don't want these undersized interior offensive linemen that are going to get pushed back into their quarterback's face, especially now with a shiny new young quarterback that they're trying to develop. They would like him to be able to step up and throw from within a pocket. And while Banks isn't the type of offensive lineman that's necessarily going to move people, he's not going to get moved backwards either. So I think that's one of the keys. So he stays in front of his man. Six five and a half, three hundred and twenty five pounds. He's a big dude, and Mike McGlinchey calls him Big Aaron Banks for a reason. Like he is a large human being, especially considering what the Forty ers have utilized recently in the interior of their offensive line. Uh, he's a guard only player. He's not going to jump in and play center in his career, and he's definitely not a tackle either. Not a supreme athlete. Thirty three inch arms, big ten inch hands. He's got he ran a four three or a five three four forty yard dash, a three flat twenty, which is not great, and a one nine one ten yard split, which is also not great. So just you know, not a supreme athlete on the move. And you can definitely see that watching him play. Seven point seven three three cone, uh bench press twenty four times. If you care about those numbers, it's not that big of a deal for an offensive lineman. He's functionally he can move enough, but he's definitely not your Twinkle toe offensive lineman that we've seen in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like his his teammate, Mike McGlinchey, is much, much more athletic than than Aaron Banks is in getting out on the move. And so it'll be interesting seeing those two guys play next to each other because they're very different. McGlinchey is much more athletic, but a worse pass blocker. And Aaron Banks is a better pass blocker, even though he's less athletic, which is strange. But what I really look at here, and maybe what Kyle Shanahan wants to do and wants to have more than anything is he, he's tired of having a ton of interior pressure and he doesn't want power to beat his guys inside in the pass game or really in the run game. He wants to have a pocket, a real pocket, right? Where you're sturdy in the middle and up front and there's room for your quarterback to step up and make throws. He's more of a wall-off type blocker, I would say. So he's not a power player as in he's going to pancake you and, and be a road grader and move people off of the ball, really. But he's big and powerful in a way that he's not going to get moved back either. So 
in a lot of ways, he's the guard version of what we saw with Trent Brown. Remember when Trent Brown was just so big, 6'8", 350? And look, Aaron Banks isn't that big. But Trent Brown is just was so large that you had to orbit the earth to get around him because of his length and his size. And you weren't going to go through him because he was just too big. But he also didn't get out on the move and really punish people either, even though he was really huge. And I see some of that in Aaron Banks where he's a really big guy. So you're not going to go through him. So he's strong enough. He's sturdy enough there. So I think he can create a pocket. And I think he's really technically sound. So he doesn't get beat a lot. And he's technically sound in the in the run blocking game as well. Getting out, walling off blockers. He can pull a little bit. Even though you can really see once he gets on the move. That he's sort of lumbering and not moving great. And I don't think he's your classic Kyle Shanahan guard. Where you're going to see him out on the second level and hitting linebackers and hitting moving targets and being way out in front of a running play and trying to hit people on the second level. I don't think that's where he is at his best. I think what you're going to see him do is know where he needs to be. Technically, he can get there and he can wall off his man and and block his man in the running game. And you won't hear his number, right? And I think that's, I think it's pretty important just to be consistent. You're not going to see him on highlight plays out in front, blocking people, pancaking dudes, uh, blowing people up in the run game and moving them five yards off the line of scrimmage or anything like that, but you're not going to see him getting beat a lot either. And I think that's what the 49ers saw in Aaron Banks and what made them really like him is he's going to help create a pocket for both Jimmy Garoppolo and especially for young Trey Lance, give him an opportunity to step up, make the throws he needs to make. He will accomplish his assignments in the running game. He will not get beat a ton in the passing game, but I do worry if he does get beat, it's by the quickness. And you saw that a lot at the Senior Bowl in his one-on-ones when there was extra space that he could be beat. And you could see it, and I'm, I'm actually watching it right now. I just kind of have it up in the background. And, and I'm seeing him move, and he's, he's really good at getting where he needs to be and positionally block people. Strong hands, does a good job of locking on and staying locked on in pass protection. But I think at the next level that the speed is where he's going to fall a little bit short of being someone who has a ton of upside. And he doesn't, even though he's big, he doesn't have that power where he's just road grading and moving people off the ball and imposing his will on guys. He doesn't have that sort of power element to his game, even though you would think he would because of his size. So technically sound player should be able to play early, more of a wall off blocker, be very functional, I think, in what he's asked to do. So of the things Banks could become, I think that's the positive side. That's what the 49ers expect when they drafted him. That's what we could see. But there is a chance that because of some of his stiffness athletically, because he plays a little bit upright at times, and because um, he's he doesn't have much of, like he's sort of maxed out. Like what you see is what you get with him, and, and maybe there's not a lot more there. And maybe NFL defensive linemen, We'll be able to take a little bit more advantage of his lack of athleticism and then some of his lack of movement skills will start to show and affect what the 49ers are able to do in the run game, what plays they're able to call. Then maybe it'll turn out to be like, yeah, this guy just isn't a high level starter and you're looking to replace him in a few years. And of course, that wouldn't be, you know, or if he's getting beat a lot, right? And then you're like, oh, well, how did they draft this guy in the top 50? How did they draft this guy so high? He's just not that great and he's not much better than a replacement level player. So that will shake itself out and we'll find out. But I really think because technically he doesn't get beat a lot because he is so big that he just has a natural ability to stay in front of the guys he's trying to block. And at the end of the day, that's all you really are asked to do, and he can do that. So 
Uh, I like Aaron Banks. He's a good player. I think he may have been drafted a little bit too high, but I think the 49ers saw an opportunity to draft a player that could start at one of the few positions that they needed a player to compete as a starter. And that's who they got in Aaron Banks, Bay Area native, Alameda, California, El Cerrito High. Is there two El Cerrito Highs in the Bay Area, by the way? Because isn't there an El Cerrito High in El Cerrito? And there's one in Alameda? Am I wrong on that? I don't know. Anyway, welcome back to the Bay Area, Aaron Banks, and to the 49ers. And it looks like the 49ers got themselves a long-term starting right guard who could potentially, who knows, move over to left guard, but that's about it. Guard or guard for Aaron Banks, one of your newest San Francisco 49ers. Solid yet unspectacular selection at number 48 overall. 